Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell, and today's bonus episode is blessed with the presence of Moni Marcus. She's the host of the Mixing with Moni podcast, and if you are here listening to this show, you will 100% have listened to her show. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I am really happy for you to be here. One, because we always have a great time, and two, because yes. you taught me how to use my microphone after two <laughs> years of podcasting. So this is a huge development. That's besides the point. <laughs> Today, we are doing some recapping. If you listen to Monty's show, you know she is the queen of recapping, and I am not the best at it. So I needed her hand-holding for this episode while we recap Real Housewives of Atlanta season 13, episode one. We have Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, episode five, and the season finale of The Real Housewives of Potomac, which was just so good. We're saving the best for last, which is yes. kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all are equally amazing in their own way, but- No, it was a great week in television. Is. I'm honored to be here for this. <laughs> we are not recapping The Real Housewives of OC because it's so boring, and- I heard I this week was we not it. exciting for people. Like, it was dark. It was covid it was a little depressing. It was not good for morale. And <laughs> we need morale. We're almost out of 2020. And I need all the morale I can get. <laughs> yeah, I have been kind of on and off with OC this year. I just couldn't relive 2020 through the, the eyes of these women. Like, Kelly, yes, I couldn't live the, my life again through her eyes. But a lot of people have said, like, it's just not fun to watch a bunch of, like, pri- privileged women be not really scared but like you know quarantine it's just not like they yeah. are you know the toilet paper and oh my god and I have heard it like Emily makes a you know she's kind of like in on the joke and punches uh, up and she's like um yeah we're all just trapped in our mansions it's like exactly I mean plenty of people really have like multiple kids and much smaller quarters that was good for sleeping and passing through not really yeah. good for staying in 24 7 for about 100 days yeah and like the massive amounts of layoffs and people not working and people yeah. losing their health insurance and, and all of, i mean granted yes. emily was or is stuck in that house with shane which is probably pretty brutal for her yeah. but at least you know she has a wing. Have, 
Yeah, multiple sections of the home where you can hide. our own home. <laughs> we, however, are like faced with our own problems and our demons every day because we can't yeah. go anywhere. Because <laughs> if we go out there, we could all hurt each other or and or die or get sick. Because then that's just not how I want to relive. Like as we're approaching the end, and it is the holidays. I can't believe Bravo didn't time this better. Like the holidays and OC don't mix to me, especially if OC's doing COVID, you know? Yeah. And I guess like it is like at the beginning of COVID or even like when it was starting for me, I was pretty flippant about it. I was like, oh, I don't really know what's happening. Like I'm just kind of going with the flow. And then like it, as it got more and more and more serious, obviously for like Americans and everybody, you know, you had to kind of stop saying things like, oh, it's just the flu. And with Bravo, Bravo giving all of the ladies on the OC, like the full opportunity to like be ignorant and show everybody's ignorance in the beginning, Mm -hmm. I think is kind of damaging to people now because then you are kind of watching, even though like we're in the worst part of the entire pandemic, people are like, oh yeah, I guess it is just kind of like a flu. That's what we thought then. And maybe it's still like that now. Like what you see on television resonates with people regardless of the time regardless of truly all of the facts and so it's kind of difficult watching where it's like oh my god they're so casual about all of this stuff and you know you probably still think they think that way at least like the new girl I like we're like we're not gonna talk OC at all but the new girl yeah uh, especially the new girl and isn't she filming her confessionals like it's more recent and that's the scary part her Even, confessional filmings are like within the last like month or so. So she's thinking that way now after hundreds of thousands of people died. And people have to remember the numbers that they were looking at when OC started and they shut down are nothing. like a mere percentage, non-double digit of what we are looking at today. Yeah. And even that Elizabeth girl, she became an ordained minister before Thanksgiving, just so that she could have a a certain amount of people in her home and like bypass COVID laws and whatever state she was celebrating in. Like, lady, you went out of your way for an online certification. No. And like, proud of it and was like on her social media being like, oh my God. Yeah, guys, I'm a minister so I could have this party. I'm like, yeah, your Thanksgiving looks beautiful. But like, do you want to think about like the potential harm this could have actually done to your family? Oh my, I cannot yeah. even. It's just with the, the level of privilege. I mean, and we'll get into it on Atlanta. I know, and it's not just even it, it, it's the it's the ignorance and the privilege of honestly the overwhelming. This is when I think housewives is coming to bite us in the ass because we love them because they're a little bit unreal. They're well, a lot of it unrelatable <laughs> and untouchable and ridiculous in their frivolity. And, but now it's like almost affecting us and Atlanta's the first season or the first show so far that opened with us in the time that we're currently in, like in the COVID like with the face mask and having to get tested and all these things and social distancing. And we, you know, they poke light at it in the beginning of the show with like Marlo and the face shield. And she's like taking out the temperature checker and uh, <laughs> taking out the measuring tape. It's like, Oh, this is not six feet, honey. She and accessorizes made- everything, even in a pandemic. It's fantastic. <laughs> but then it's like, then uh, Cynthia, I don't know how she is going to, this is the ultimate fall from grace. This yeah. is like, it's insane to me that people were so rooting for her 
years ago. She was like the best sidekick to Nini. We actually liked her and Kenya's friendship. Then she kind of like set Nini up. People were, didn't know how they felt about it. And they were like, um, well, we don't know if you're a good friend or not. We are still team you because Nini is like definitely going downhill. But then she meets Mike Hill and everything is Mike, Mike, Mike. Hill, Hill, Hill. Chill, chill. And we're like, Chilling. okay, this is a lot and it's very annoying. And now we see you basically freak out because they tell you that you can only have 50 people at your wedding in July when now we're looking at that being like, that's a lot. Like, that's a yeah. lot of people. And she's like, 50? I want more than 50. And it's like, this is going to be hard to watch. It's going to be hard for her, I think, to And for her tagline to still be about Mike Hill. It's like, it's almost like a doubling down on, like, I'm really standing firm in what I did. And I'm really happy about the fact that I had a super spreader event in the middle of a global pandemic while you hoes were broke at home and couldn't see your families for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Even that, like, you're watching the whole kind of conversation happen. And he kind of comes at it with, like, a very rational approach. He's like, well, if 10, 10, 20 doesn't work, like, we can still get married on that day and have a party in a couple of months. And she was like, hard no. Like, I'm not doing that. We're having yeah. a party. And not only was it 250 people, but it was in Los Angeles. So all of her friends had to fly there. It's like all of these, like, obstacles to get this party. For what? Like, he I clearly loves Georgia. you. Oh, no, I think her party was in it Los was, Angeles. I thought it was at the governor's mansion. Because our governor here will Oh, I could be happen. totally wrong. But that... Yeah, I, only reason <laughs> I think it, I thought, I think it's there is because... Georgia's governor is fully on board with that. Like he would He's like 250 percent double down. it. 250? She probably was like oh, maybe 170 people. He was like, no, invite everybody you want. It's fine. And that's the only place I think everybody's able to fly into because I'm I'm in Georgia currently and it's a free-for-all. It's just basically have fun and good luck. And <laughs> <laughs> the odds be ever in yeah. your favor. I mean the, the, he, we, Georgia had only shut down a total of two weeks. So that initial beginning of the year, when we were like, oh, two weeks. This is only going to take two weeks. Georgia was like, yeah, we're going to make sure it only takes two weeks. And they legitimately have not shut down since. Wow. So, and then after four weeks, the bowling alleys were open. So I said, well, that tells me how this is going to go. Stick your finger in this big, big heavy ball. ball. <laughs> yeah. Must. Like, oh, my God. How did you go? How did your aunt you know, pass away. Oh, she went bowling. Like, what the hell is this? Like, the priorities are so strange. Of all the places, like, and not not to mention the bowling alley has already been trash and filthy. So, yeah, what are you gonna stick your feet in those like sweaty no, old shoes that other people? It's a that's a sewer. it's a firm no for me. So yeah, I think Cynthia. It was, it's, it's going to be hard. I think you're right. Mike Hill gave a great point. He was like, do you want the marriage or do you want the wedding? And she could easily have still gotten the marriage. If this is your perfect man and everything, you just want to be married to him. You could have had the marriage and had the wedding later. If you needed to have a wedding at all, have the 50 people, have the 10 people, get the justice out of peace and just (laughs) move on. Well, even like her then going back saying, well, this is, I know it's like not my first wedding, but like you saw how shitty my first one was. It's like, that was a culmination of shitty things. It was a a horrible man. You had no money and you completely overextended yourself to have this fancy extravagant wedding at that museum with a big dinosaur. You know, you did all these things, your sister, your mother, everybody was against it. So yeah, of course it was a shitty marriage that led to a shitty life. But Mike is different. I also don't know how much I trust him based on like, yeah. you know his past yeah. but yeah, you know last you got season, it 
I was a little on the fence. I, you got to give it to him, though. I feel like he the does, only reason I'm on the fence Cynthia. about him now is because of Cynthia. She's taking more of my distraction. Of are you okay? Like, girl, first of all, you're fifty something years old. You are acting like this is your very first wedding. You're 21 and you're fresh out of the sorority house, moving into your fiance's <laughs> house, and you were like, <gasps> and there's like no like shame in women who are super excited to get their marriage in. But she was like, oh, it's just different for women. I'm like, yeah, it was when you got your first wedding. Yeah, you had this, like you had the big wedding, and look how that turned out. Like it's obviously not about the big, the size, the people, the extravagance. It's not about that. That's not about what it is. It's about the marriage the person in the relationship that's the whole point and yeah. so like i just i expected a less britney cartwright vibe from a woman <laughs> as accomplished beautiful and mature as cynthia bailey yeah i mean i wonder kind of where some of this stems from like i feel like she has this like genuine attachment to men and i think like she really relies on these guys and then they kind of screw her like she gave peter so much money and, and he's doing him back her. now yeah I'm like, listen mm. to episode um, 133 of Bravo Happy Hour on Tuesday. Um, but yes, yeah, like, she's coming to get her money back probably because she's like, um, screw that. I didn't deserve to get screwed like that. But also it's like, yeah, well, you can't like trust these men. I don't know. I, I always like, of course, it's like double standards where it's like, how are you just going to give this man all your money? But like he consistently started these restaurants and these shady ass businesses fucked you over financially and then thus cheated on you in one of the locations yeah this that is exactly you gave the money for like why i, don't trust I worry her. yeah no her her judgment is not the greatest and that's exactly why she had a 250 person wedding in the middle of a global pandemic while everybody else was trying to find a job and to sustain themselves in their <laughs> lives okay but like this is exactly why i get really leery on todd too because he keeps mm. opening businesses like in in candy's name and with candy's money and with candy's family and all these things with food that are is average at best very mediocre (laughs) but i mean if vanderpump rules has taught us nothing is that we don't really need to have great food we just need to have like famous food (laughs) the potential of a celebrity sighting (laughs) right so it doesn't really matter how good it is however when you open up a brunch or breakfast location mere steps away from the place where you already are serving lunch or dinner and take on a new lease and new construction, new permits and new finances when you could have just added an additional menu to the location you already were paying rent at, I question you. I'm worried for candy and I looking, I'm looking at Todd forever sideways. There's something not right here. Because it's not his money. And we know that. We know that. Because Candy made it clear this episode, she never needed her uh, baby's father's mm-hmm. child support. But she was, a, he owes her over $100,000 in back child support. But she was able to take care of her daughter, lickety split. Okay? Porsche in the driveway good. <laughs> yeah. Riley is not hurting good. Like, she's having a decent life. She's able to chase those dreams, go to college, get fit, have a nice car, and have her stepdaddy wash it. It's great. It's <laughs> to be Riley for that regard alone. But I also yeah. get it because Kenny has really wanted to overcompensate probably. Um, and she has it. So she, wants to, yeah. she wants to, you know, take care of it, take care of her daughter. But also she's overcompensating because Riley's dad is not involved and he is not a great dad and i they when they flashbacked oh all God. those scenes that riley that time that riley's talking to her dad on the phone 
and finds out she has a new sibling. Oh my God. I was like, this is, this is traumatic. Like I am triggered and I don't, I'm not even Riley. And I couldn't imagine being a young girl dealing with this for years and years and years and seeing like her dad be like, well, do you want me to be around? Like, I'm here now. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> Look, I hate this. I hate when adults make children make adult decisions. Like, the only time I've ever agreed with Todd is when Todd told Candy, he was like, well, he was kind of on the side of Riley. He's like, if he wants it, he's going to have to work for it and yeah. show up. It's not up to Riley to, to make him show up or be open. It is up to him to, regardless of whether she's open to relationship or not, he has to work for it. Because he was like, I mean, me and my daughter connected late in life, but people were like, well, why would you even touch it? She's grown, all these things. He's like, because it's my daughter. You created yeah. her. What are you doing? Yeah, that was a hard scene to watch because you also kind of see how Riley has just like given up the dream mm -hmm. of ever having him in her life. And then when Candy was saying, no, like Block so had dreamy. money. He had a Bentley. He had other children. Like he gave his love and attention to other things in his life. So it's not like, she was the one kid and he didn't want to be a father to anybody. Like he has other children. He chooses to spend his money on flashy cars and other things rather than his daughter. And I think yeah. that realization where she's like, you know what? I'm an adult now. I'm going to NYU. I'm moving to the city. Like, yeah, I drive a Porsche. She did that like, internship yeah. last year. I was like, yes, Riley living with yourself, interning at entertainment <laughs> law offices. I said, yes, girl, you are surriving. We yeah, love don't it. go the Porsche, not the Porsche, don't go the Phaedra lawyer route for entertainment yeah. law, but like on the same <laughs> path, getting there. But she's, I don't know, I think she's growing into Proud of her. being yeah, like a really strong young woman, but that also gives a lot of credit to Candy, who yes, always stuck to. by her and prioritized her above all. And you could always see that even like when she was starting Amazing to have children mom. with Todd, Todd, yeah, you know, she was conscious of the fact that Riley was going to feel a certain way, like you know, the difference between yes. Todd, not Todd, um, Cash and her as well, like 15 years, 13 years, like that's a big gap between being an only child yeah. and then to have a sibling, and so. And I, I to think see Riley be involved in like her siblings' lives and to yeah. love them and stuff like that. It's really sweet. I think Kenny did a really great job. First of all, Ace is the freaking cutest. Oh my gosh. He is I such a and Blaze, I'm obsessed. Like <laughs> I'm not saying that I am capable of ever kidnapping a baby, but I'm saying <laughs> don't tempt me. Do not put Blaze in front of me without watching me closely. I would never really do that to a mother, but at the same time, that baby is delicious like when she's sitting on she's like in candy's like little like holder on her chest oh and she's just there like like a little bean like a little potato in a sack and just there and i am like i can't focus on the conversation i had to rewatch it i had to rewind because the baby is so freaking cute every time candy posts a picture of blades i'm like this is why candy keeps having babies because she makes cute ass babies these are really cute kids that she has like she's blessed Oh, I love, love those kids. I love Great. I love that family. My jury's still out on Todd. I am because mainly I stand Mama Joyce and whenever I was Mama gonna Joyce say, came, this is you're coming at me with a little Mama Joyce energy. Yeah, because right I'm just like looking at you sideways, Todd. Huh? What do you what do you have to hide? I don't know. <laughs> we will find out though. In yes, a matter we will. of time. <laughs> well, we also see Kenya. She has come back definitely mm. looking a little defeated. She Bless opens up heart. about how she's really been struggling during the pandemic and quarantining alone in Atlanta with her daughter when her husband is still up in New York doing absolutely nothing. She's put on weight, which is always pretty brutal. And 
stress going eating. Cool. Mm-hmm. Stress eating. I mean, yeah, I feel like everybody has to give thing. themselves a break during the quarantine right now. Like, and myself included, where I'm like, oh my god, my pants just don't fit. And then I, I was like, I had pants. <laughs> I was wearing them so infrequently. I know. I like went to see a friend the other day, and I was like, let me try those black pants on. They look so cute on me this time last year, and I was like, oh, these won't even get. <laughs> you know, when like you. Year. When That's you put cute. the pants on and you're like at ankle level and you're realizing, oh no, these won't fit. Yeah. I was like, I can't even yep. get up to that. When they level. already start resisting at the yeah. calf, you already know. <laughs> when they're like, ooh, ambitious. And you're like, ooh, oh, I thought yeah. I could be. Oh no. No such that one <laughs> workout class I did a month ago didn't take, evidently. Love that. And I posted yeah. it probably promptly. Like, look at me, I'm walking. Day. I own a sports I bra. Am so exercised <laughs> i am active i am the most active i am health i am taking this pandemic on by charge and and then i didn't walk again and that is something i have to reconcile every day within myself you're living your truth yeah, so and I feel, that's why i i feel for kenya i think yeah. that she's I, she's probably dealing with so much more than oh even, you know, we even know. Like, it, it's not even just, you know, the uncertainty of everything, but also just in general, the relationship that she had with this man and what's happening with it. And if they're really, you know, what the, and the, the fear, I think that her soon to be ex-husband is a hundred percent capable of trying to do some wild shit, like take her baby from her or something like that and not even that it would be granted i think that you know they would do what was in best interest for the child and if she you know can get said to her lawyer brooklyn's literally never been apart from her ever i don't think a judge would be like let me uproot you now at two that doesn't make any sense but the mere idea that he would try and that it would have to like she would have to spend more money to go to court to do this crazy like yeah and i think like she's probably even seeing all of these like legal obstacles to getting this divorce last year we had the scene where she was meeting with like the trust fund lawyer for brooklyn and she was saying you know like i don't know like if i leave you know mark like would he get my money like she's gonna have to pay him spousal support she's gonna have to provide his ass when he's never once provided for kenya for the daughter he's a restaurateur you can do what you do anywhere like yeah, your Crazy. restaurant in Brooklyn, probably decent and, you know, whatever. But when New York is closed and doesn't have a sign of opening and he can't get and his ass down to Georgia again. to be with his family. Yeah, New York's restaurant scenes are just dying right now. Understandably so. And they, I believe they should probably shut down. However, you know, he does nothing for them. Nothing other than bring her insecurity and hatred and even when she was saying like, yeah, he'll stay in a hotel when he'll visit. And like, he can't even stay in the guest bedroom. Like she needs to cut her losses with him. He works his home. She's like, when we go to New York, he'll stay at the hotel with us. What do you mean? He's at your hotel. Why are you even at a hotel? You're his wife. Yeah. One. And this is his (laughs) child too. Why are you in a hotel? I don't understand. There's a lot of things that don't track with me, especially the fact that he lives in Brooklyn. Like, on Reddit, on Facebook, on Instagram, you we would have seen a photo of him hanging out in Brooklyn, being at a coffee shop, spotted, spotted. You are out in the open when you live in the city. Like, anybody can see you doing anything. Why have mm-hmm. we never once seen 
a person say, oh my God, I went to SoCo restaurant and Mark was behind the bar. Never once have we heard anything about that. Yeah, these so, restaurants that he owns or whatever. Where Most is he? Most people who own restaurants, they be at the restaurant. Yeah. One thing I will say about Todd is that though I'm, I'm thinking that he is squandering Candy's money a little bit spread it thin, he's at the spots. And yeah. so with Candy, they're there. They are invested. They're like, okay, I'm also doing a little sweat equity. I'm here. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in front of the, at least for face, like to save face. But no, yeah. I don't really get it. I don't get him. It feels a little bit um, very shady, very shysty. But at the same time, and I'm not, I'm, I promise I'm not victim blaming, but Kenya, you rushed to marry this man after like legitimately two months. Yeah. I really need, especially the beautiful women of Atlanta, if anybody needs to check out a man, <laughs> it is the highest paid cast with the best looking features. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Because like you A, deserve so much more. You're gorgeous. They all have amazing personalities. They're the stellar individuals they're stars and they have so much to lose in money and i just need them to pick the bar up off the floor i think every day about how much portia dodged the bullet breaking oh up God, with dennis I, I think about it daily like you dodged a bullet bullet like he cheats on you in your third trimester like a few days after you give birth and you go back to him and I was very nervous that you were going to walk down that aisle. And if he hadn't said that, I don't want a wedding. I, I, I honestly feel like you'd be in a marriage right now. And then we'd be having the same conversation with you a year later that we're having with Kenya. Yeah. And I just need, I, I, I know people have their qualms about Kenya, but she didn't deserve this. You know, she deserves to get taken down Nobody by does. me. She deserves to get taken down by Portia. She deserves to be, you know, ruled, ripped, uh, pulled across the coals for how she treated Tanya but not by a man. We didn't ask for you, sir. Mm-mm. No, we don't like that. We don't like when our ladies can't fight back because the men are just vindictive and vile and bad. You know, what did Nene call Peter? He's a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what Mark is. And I don't like him. Yeah, I don't like him either. And I, and I, you can tell she's scared of him. The When yes. she talks about him, you and can And scared of what he'll physical. do. He's broken her. Mm-hmm. And mm. I think insecure men abusive men know their targets he probably saw some red flags coming from kenya mm-hmm. she and always like, wanted a husband this is the life yeah. she wanted for since we met her like exactly. she was so desperate for this life that she looked over every single red flag yeah and even last year when they had that party where she was like i miss daily i miss daily and he was so cruel and dismissive to her in front of all of her friends on her television show acting as if he is, that she is so lucky to be with him. And it's like, you're literally with Kenya. Yeah. You're with uh, Miss yeah. freaking America. <laughs> yeah, like, learn your place, America. Like, oh, what are you even talking about? She is a super model. We just found out this week that she, like, used to, like, she, like, dated Kanye or something. I know! Like, Kenya <laughs> is a model, okay? Can you just, I really need you to get yourself together. She was, oh, say not, not Miss America. She was Miss USA. But I, I was going to say, I was like, title. I don't know which is the difference. I don't want to bring up a Candace Great argument. <laughs> no, yeah, no. But Miss United States, not a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Miss USA and, and, and Miss America, two very big things. Two of the few black women to ever win the crown. I want to say she might even be the first because Vanessa Williams' crown got reneged. 
Um, oh, I didn't so, know she got that. T- I feel like she actually brought that up in one of the scenes. Yeah, she was like, yeah, she got the first, and Portia's like, let's not forget about Vanessa. Yes, but, but because she got her crown taken, technically, Kenya would be the first, because she's the first Black woman yeah. to hold the title and the crown. Yeah. Even though Miss USA, I think, just apologized to her in, like, 2019. I'm like, y'all are so shocking. Like, now they're that. realizing, they're like, okay, let's go back through our Rolodex yeah. of actually, black we were, people. We really, like, really, really, like, a little and she was top six in Miss Universe sir I need my daily to get the hell out of here I need him to get to go away yeah. stay away from Kenya I mean he already that? is staying away from Kenya yeah but like but don't further. ever like yeah don't ever because <laughs> Miss Universe are you crazy <laughs> you are lucky sir you are not that cute <laughs> no hard no Mm-mm. but overall I thought Atlanta was a fantastic episode well, we'll actually end it with um, talking about Portia. So queen. Portia obviously is, yeah, like the queen of the season. And I think definitely is, I don't know like how to describe it, but I think like her social justice kind of like awakening is definitely going to like carry throughout the show. And I think it's interesting watching someone as strong and smart as Portia and you see like where this season starts versus a show like OC where it's like they're going to be so ignorant and mm-hmm. so foolish when you start talking yeah. about the Black Lives Matter protests and like the big movement and in our country right Portia now. you see what Portia is actually yeah. combating, like what she's actually dealing with. And then you see OC is like, this is why it still is even yeah. a conversation. This is why we even have to, the fact that I just, as a Black woman, I have to consistently rectify the fact that Every day, somehow, I see people get on the internet and debate the word matter. Like, not important, not superior, not best, not Black lives are the shit, not Black lives are fantastic, or anything else. Just matter. And they're like, but I mean, we're going a little far when we say (laughs) matters. What do you mean by that? It's like insane to me. I mean, and to watch Portia really she's gonna carry the show on her back yeah. yet again and I her attitude in those confessionals with the all-black screen is simply what, what else am I supposed to do like it's almost like a, a duh to her she's yeah. like of course I'm doing something like what the hell and it's not even just like um an angry it's like simply just turning activism and advocacy into action and just like what do I do next and then now what and just to stay herself and to travel during a global pandemic and risk herself her life and do what she has to do to be arrested and be in a jail cell for 13 hours during COVID like and then there's no wipes and hand sand and all that shit like there's none of that and then to see her do that even with Dennis like for them to be out like that her videos I wasn't prepared to have to re-watch that. I mean, I'm glad that they included it. I think it's very important because I know they have diverse audiences. Atlanta being the top-rated franchise has a very diverse audience, right? But I, as a Black person, was very... I was not prepared to be re-triggered um, and have to relive the the year all over again. Um, it was It was an incredibly hard thing for me to rewatch, but I mean, I'm glad that they included it. It is important that they do. Um, but yeah, I think that Portia is, I, I mean, we all loved her. We all have always stand her. She's yeah. funny. She's relatable, but this is like on some next level shit. Like this yeah. is, she deserves to be in the center peach. Like she deserves, I've never seen anybody deserve that <laughs> position more. And I love that it went from Mimi who's 
we always thought could be there. And it really could have been a toss up of who, who would gonna, was going to go next because it really could have been a lot of them. They really yeah. do hold their weight as a cast. But Portia deserves. This made sense. Watching this episode, it made sense. She's literally risking her life for justice. And you see growth in her. And I think that, if anything, can show growth in other people. Like, people have the capacity to take their unconscious bias and change and grow and learn. And I think that's important. And where, you know, I think Bravo definitely, like, toes the line on how they feel about things. I think even having, like, the movement, not a moment, whole TV program as a whole on Bravo was really important. But having it be shown in such like a raw true way on Atlanta where so many people are watching so many people who watch Atlanta and yeah see them as beautiful black women but don't see the struggle of beautiful black yeah, women what that means yeah what that means and earlier seasons we had a scene where I think it was like Phaedra and I think Sharae I don't think Nini was in it and they were talking about like what it means to raise black sons and you know as viewers like you just see these women like living their great life like they have a beautiful life and great families and money and fancy cars and all of this and all that and then you realize oh wait no like there's a struggle that is just inherent in being a black person in america today and you don't see that and they don't show doesn't really harp on that because as a society we weren't talking about that and so I just right. think it's important that it is being shown and it's also being shown how supportive the other women are, where it's like some of yeah. them are choosing to go out. Some of them are going on the front line. Some of them are doing this, some of them are doing that. And I think, I think it's just interesting to watch and I'm excited to kind of see yes. where this goes. And also just to watch like the post, like the post protest life for Portia, like now what is she going to be doing? We're going to be seeing yeah. like her I mean, activism. she went on like press tours and stuff yeah. to talk about it and everything. I mean, she had to, she wrote the phone numbers on her arm for when she got arrested because they didn't take her. They didn't like take your phone. Like she was like talking about like resources. Like if you get arrested or you when we move from place to place, the police are gonna try to check us so we can't like tell each other everything. And it's like the way she had to move and maneuver, you know, to just make sure she was safe while protesting about the lack of safety that a black girl had, a black woman had in her own home. It, I mean, and I think that it really got Portia ignited because it, it's her daughter. Like, she's raising a young girl. I mean, it's absolutely important that she try to help figure out how this world can be better for her daughter. As a, a lot of parents consistently think about how they can make the world better for their child, how they can keep their child safe. And literally, that's what Portia is trying to do. The, the difference is that Portia is raising a Black girl in this world that doesn't always value that. I mean, Breonna Taylor was only a year older than me. So um, it's like, it, it, it absolutely hits closer to home. And I think that was the reason why it was so hard for me to watch is because like the, I had to relive the fears that I had all year because you never think to be fearful in your house. Yeah. You just simply do not. And um, for Portia to call attention to this and be like, you know what, if y'all gonna have me on this show, we're going to talk about what's also important. But I also want to make sure that we're not judging even, not that we are, but just that there is people limit their judgment of how the other women are also handling this because we don't know what, they, what they've what they signed, what they've donated to, what they've done. Um, but also, again, Portia, every person is active in their own way. But when you are the targeted group, how you protest is 
a thousand percent up to you because even if you've never gone to a protest, never signed a petition and you are like, you know, I don't even want to get involved for jobs or myself or whatever. You are a black person in this world. You are automatically involved because you deal with the consequences and the results of that protest every day. So every day your life is a protest in one way or another. So, you know, Portia's doing her activism this way. And I love that the ladies were like, yeah, no, we're proud of her. We support her. We love that. They were not questioning her or feeling like, oh, well, you're coming after me, which is something that here is going to happen on OC when Bronwyn starts protesting and the other ladies are basically feeling triggered because they're like, well, because she's protesting and thinking that's like, we're racist because we're not. It's like, I mean, a hit dog will holler. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Why? I didn't say it. You said it. Like, yeah, like if you're feeling that way about yourself, then maybe you need to. Um, maybe you should take that up with thoughts. your therapist. And I don't know. Maybe that's not Bronwyn's fault. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I simply don't know. I'm not you. I could never be. So, but yes, overall, I give um, Atlanta like a solid like 8.5 out of 10, mainly because I felt like we still needed a little. Sass and razzle dazzle. Yeah. Marlo gave me a little, but it wasn't enough. Yeah, we she didn't get like the normal, like, I mean, I guess, yeah, it was hard because, yeah, of course, like, we're talking about like Portia getting arrested and like, and then like, the they don't even like the transition the that. music. Yeah, they don't even, they're just like, next scene, look, we're having lunch. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, they kind of like cross cut it throughout all of the episodes. Right. So, like, everybody else had like nice home scenes, and Portia is just like, getting arrested after sitting silently protesting I almost um, wish they would have just had the women talk about it like the way they started it with like the women talking about it and you know Penny was getting broken up and everything and we were seeing Portia I almost wish they just made the whole episode remotely out that and I know they probably were like no well people aren't gonna watch but who the fuck cares like it's not about money and ratings if you're taking a stance I think they should have done that for the first episode and then the second episode it could be a little bit more of a transition back into like regular housewife structure because Portia's going to have to transition back when she yeah. returns to the cast. And then we could even introduce Drew because we didn't have Drew in the first yeah. episode. And, um, you know, to meet her in the second will, will be great. But it made the, the first episode a little lackluster because we're already missing a presence in Nini. Yeah. I'm not saying the season can't survive without her. I don't know yet, but I'm saying that is a force of personality and i would have even loved nini i think she would have even tied it in great because she would have been like look at my little sis portia out there on the front lines okay yeah. like look at her go yes portia you know <laughs> like it would upon a light-hearted way to support yeah. such a heavy important topic and i even would have loved nini's take on raising multiple black sons okay with a husband and his conversations that he's had to have with the boys and everything living in the south like i would have loved to have heard their take but i think that without nini we have a lot of work to do we do there's not a clear villain yet either so where's yeah. coming from uh, the I, villain, need I don't know I mean, I'm hoping this Drew girl comes in and really gives us something she seems like... I don't even like her. I don't want her. But I'm also very biased because I used to be a very big fan of The Game, which is the show that she's on. And the fact that it's in her tagline means she's doubling down on it. (laughs) And I'm very upset because she cheated with um the boyfriend of tia of tia and tamira's character oh i was like in real life how dare you even if it was acting i don't care how dare you and what's crazy is 
on the show, the game, her name was Drew Sedora. So for the longest time, I was like, why are they calling her that? Are they being shady? Like, are they being shady? Because that was the that was the titular character's name who cheated with this football playing boyfriend of the girl of the show. And I'm like, what is happening? Why is that her name? Also, fun fact that was made. That show was created by Kelsey Grammer. So I feel very bad sometimes giving him money, but it's such a good show. So <laughs> he knows what he's doing. God damn it. Yeah. Oh, how dare he put his job. But to be fair, at the time, he was married to Camille. So she did get the coins good i'm glad about that there's actually like a podcast called like where is fraser crane i saw it that like camille i guess went on an episode of it where it's talking about like his divorces and whatnot so i I think i might oh yeah we need to get into that another day yeah Yeah. that's a lot of podcasts yeah and i'm like writes down for bonus (laughs) so moving into the real housewives of salt lake city we are on season one everybody knows that the show has been so good 10 out of 10 10 out of 10. It's been exciting, but also overwhelming to learn and meet a new cast. Like, I feel like things down. I'm literally like so like focused on what everybody's saying. I'm like, okay, so her dad does this. Okay, her son does this. And she has three kids. And so Whitney's this and this and this and this. But I'm really loving it. We start at Mary's Met Gala lunch where she Mm. got everybody Louis Vuitton AirPods, a beta fish, and a notebook with her name on it. And then ask for the AirPods back. Oh, yeah. She said, can I have those back? I said, I know Mary. she's problematic, but that's my kind of woman. <laughs> you don't appreciate it. I will find someone who does. <laughs> I just found that to be, I find her to be a little bit refreshing. Like, I understand. Like, she gives me a lot of old school housewife delusion. Yeah. I get a lot of crazy delusional money, delusional spending. Uh, you know, I, I flash back to like a Vicky Gumbelson. It reminds me of that where she's just nuts and yeah. is spending money that you don't understand how they have it. Because I used to think about Vicky, like, how do you have all this Insurance is good, but damn, like, a yacht? Okay, I understand it's necessary. A grotto also, in your backyard? Yeah, you're like also not State Farm, girl. You're like, yeah. you only insure like Homes and Coda or something. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. And for her to like be looking at yachts and she would show price tags and Mary's doing the same thing. She's yelling out while these, you know, sprinkling the truffle on the pasta, $8,000 a pound. I was like, you better tell us. Yes, tell <laughs> us, girl. Tell us the monies. I loved it. Beta fish. Beta fish. What? What a centerpiece. Where on earth was she thinking, like, this is a perfect thing for my Met Gala party? As if the Met Gala would ever have. Like, what happened? Yeah, I don't really know what she's doing, but yeah, I guess like her money and her spending and her money is a little like Teresa GGJ too, where it's like, you don't know where it's from, you have tons of it, and I have a feeling in three seasons, this is all going to blow up in your face, because she runs a church, like at the end of the day, so it's not like, at least Joe is like, I work in construction, it's like, oh, okay, construction, it's like, no, I own a church, and look how much money I have. I mean, to be fair, churches do... There's a running theory from the famous podcast Scam Goddess with Lacey Mosley that pastors are scammers and it's not a shot at your pastor, girl. That's what Lacey said, so I'm quoting her, but also churches churches make the coins, especially, I love my people, but a black church, we treat our pastors and their families like they are the anointed. Like we... If you brought down Jesus and put them next to our pastor, we would probably treat the pastor better because we were like, yes, that's Jesus, but who he called was you. 
So we love you. Like I know my Nana like has a, she is small Baptist church and their pastor, they have meetings for months about what to get them for Christmas. And I'm like the whole, like the church, the committee, they pull the money. I'm like outside of the money that goes to the building and the time and everything else and their salary, they give him a gift from the congregation. Like it's a whole thing. I'm like, this is a lot. And I grew up in a church much bigger than Mary. So my pastor made, to be honest, my pastor probably <laughs> with a church like 90,000 times the size of Mary's probably made about the same as Mary, the way yeah. Mary is dressing. And that's the scary part is, did you see the new videos of her like yelling at her congregation about how much money they give her? No, <laughs> no it's not good. Megan, Megan, it's, it's Megan. Like yelling at the people who give yes, her the money about how much money she has. Literally, she's like, I feel like I need to scale back your donation. If she, you, she's like, she calls them poor. Yes, your face is, yes, the shock is correct. She says like, y'all poor, you know, she tells them that they're poor. She goes, you barely pay your tithes. Like, and I'm like, as a Christian growing up and in church, like my Bible said like 10% of your earnings or something. Did it go up? Did God release <laughs> like an update? Is there a new edition of the paper? Like, when she did didn't get the memo that like, well, I don't know, like 33 million Americans are out of work right now. She's like, right. you should be giving more. Yeah, no, it is not wow. good. It is bad. It's, it's video really, really bad. Like, I'm going to send it to you, but like people, it's, she's literally yelling at the girls. Like, you need to be, she's like, I'm not going to pray over you as a pastor because you aren't paying me enough. She said, I only got 14 birthday cards, which in retrospect is the epitome of a housewife response. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, that's 14 a lot of birthday cards. cards. Like, I've got, got zero this <laughs> year. And I spent mine in quarantine. And I just want to know why no one cared enough to give me 14. God said you're poor. And she's like, like, that is going to be my new <laughs> What? I was like, this is not, if this wasn't like people's hard earned oh, yeah. money in a church and people like really thought that she was, you know, called by God to <laughs> faith and all these things. Like, we know so many things about her, you know allegedly being a scammer and her and her husband like going taking the money to get her plastic Oof. surgery and everything and let me say while this recording was playing and i posted it to my stories and i'll send it to you too megan to post it's like the person who made this tiktok is also actively showing all of mary's outfits and the price tags associated oh with the outfits because she's yelling at people for not giving her enough money and being poor and not appreciating her enough while wearing like $1,600 shoes, a $3,000 bag, $200 hat. Like, you're like, what is going on? This is not right. It just but that being me. said, the Met Gala lunch was fantastic. And I thought Mary was a great host. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, her argument with Jen over like, so, okay. So Jen goes to this party and Jen, I like her, but she's getting a little dramatic and annoying. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I'm getting a little frustrated by, like, every episode she's, like, yelling and hollering at someone. And I'm not saying she's ever wrong in the things she's she upset She always about. has tea to spill about somebody. Yeah. I'm like, like, time, place. Yeah. You've been holding on to this, so does it really bother you? Because you've well, been holding yeah. on to it and dealing with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If it is true, of course, that Mary has said that she, you know, doesn't like 7-Elevens because if she sees Black people, she feels oh, yeah. violent and all these things. Yes, but internalized racism is not new to me, so it's not mind-boggling to me. I have plenty of aunts and uncles and grandparents her age who do the same thing, and, you know, colorism usually involved. Mary allegedly got her skin lighter 
Yeah. Um, her husband has lighter skin. So I think there is also some trauma there as well. Yeah. Um, some kind of uh, mental abuse could be possible there, allegedly. But like she has had a lot of changes to her life, her body and face. And I think because of some internalized racism and some in, in, um, implicit biases against her own people, and that's something that she can work out in therapy. But Jen, if you've held on to this and it's made you so upset that she said this, and it's your, it's, I agree, it's your husband, it's your nephews, it's your sons. Absolutely, you have every right to be mad. But she said this to you a long time ago, but you're mad about the hospital. Yeah, I, don't I think it's it. like the hospital thing was like taken totally out of proportion because she was really upset right. about this If you're comment, really mad at this, yeah. I would say this. And to me, this is a better thing to say. It's probably the producers who were like, don't bring it up yet. It's, it's yeah. too heavy. And she was like, okay, well, she, I was also mad about the hospital. But like, girl, that's first episode. It was crazy. But now we're on like episode five and you're still going. Yeah. And like the shocking thing is like, okay, yeah, uh, maybe she's triggered by a hospital simply because like when her uh, grandma was dying in a hospital, it was probably like the moment where she was like, oh, fuck, I'm marrying my step-grandfather. Like yes, also, this death equals me. Yes. What was her odor glands? I, I, yeah, yeah. Also plastic surgery. So yeah. But also like, she might've been getting a lot of reconstructive surgery. You don't know yeah. what her step daddy grand step grandfather husband was made her do telling her she needed yeah. to get done to look better look lighter do all these things like you have no idea she was so young so something about i mean that whole situation is so weird and i feel like i want to i know mary's being painted as like the villain but then we go into her home and though she uses her husband as a sounding board and he seemed to have like a copacetic relationship now it's very clear she's still not excited about this. She keeps wanting to no. talk about it. It seems yeah. like she's crying for help. Like something yeah. about it feels like she's like, I mean, I get it. And she starts crying to her husband. Like people think it's weird and it's upsetting and they think it's weird. And I think she doesn't want to be think, thought of as weird. She wants to be seen as cool and, and normal. And then she meets with Heather and she like offers that information. Yeah. She's like, I didn't want to do it. And it's like, she's, I feel like she's crying out for help. And I feel yeah. like we need to help her, give her a nice paycheck and get her the hell out of this marriage. Yeah, no, I definitely think that lunch with Heather was pretty hard because yeah, you could kind of see she's like on the verge of tears trying to explain that it took her two years to finally end up going through this marriage. Uh-huh. And it was kind of forced into her life. And like, it was- She faked her- a period for yeah. a month because she, and I'm like, also, why do you want to sleep with your ex-wife's granddaughter? I mean, well, that is, like, the whole fucked up thing, and I was saying, you know, like, I think it was, like, a period. I think it was happening, I know it's, like, horrible to say, but, like, I think there might have been some shit happening before the grandma died, like, I really can't see, like, a grown man wanting to do that, other than, like, a a, a grifter, like, he wasn't the owner of the church, and probably was, like, yeah, honey, like, you wanted to keep it in your name and our honor like the only way we could do that is if like i still run the church but obviously i'm not blood with you and mary's mother and family don't talk to her because of this choice yes like her mother her mother her mom was like right no like none of this is okay and And she's now isolated like it's that's the thing is of course she uses her husband as a sounding board because now she's isolated in a weird way he's isolated her like and her that's what like a narcissist does like they yeah, take you away from everybody right. who loves you and even, it's not like, right oh i just felt so bad for her having that conversation because you see like she wants the other ladies to think she's nice and normal and they're all like this mormon or mormon-esque like this perfect woman no problems everybody has like a happy long marriage like of course like heather's a little bit different whatever but 
still like they're not judged in the same way Mary is because like at the end of the day you fuck your grandpa like and the other way- there is no like defense worse than like oh well you fucked your grandpa yeah. and it's like and the oh, other God. women really don't even have a, a lot of judgment towards her which I find funny is because they know that shit goes down in the Mormon church they're like I mean like, um, I mean, what did um what did stones. back in the day? We used to have a, the, t- the telephone line to yell, yeah. like, yeah, we know I like things Whitney. are weird, and I'm like, Whitney needs to stop dropping these things so like fly by night to me. Can yeah. you not? Like, you, I need a pull up a chair, zoom in, <laughs> paint the picture for me, sis. How many houses on the compound are we talking? Yeah. How long is the phone line? Can you really hear through the cans? Where I know, did as the I was watching hide? it, I was like, is that a real thing? Or is that just like a meme? Right. Where did you hide the wives? Is there a basement? Like a special wives? Oh, there's cabin? definitely like, like, uh, like a bunker downstairs full of like 15 like, women. And it's so crazy to me because I think that it's something about Salt Lake City is like, they are uh, an entire city in Utah is like a state of secrets, Like they all know it's illegal, but people still do it. And then they kind of like, don't rat you out basically until you, you cross someone like yeah. Lisa does know that, you know, Whitney's a swinger. She doesn't stay it until you cross her. And then I'm like, I would love to live in a state where everyone is in on the secrets. Like just together <laughs> collectively, we're all a secret society. What's well, like Beverly Hills princess. Housewives too, where it's like we all have yeah. our secrets, and if you bring it out, we will we'll defend our our lie to the death of us. Yep. But yep. Yeah, there's definitely a secret world. But I'm enjoying Whitney. I like her whole father journey. I think she seems to be fun. a really good mother. One thing I'm confused about is they said she was 30 at the lunch, and she just had her 15 year vow renewal. So math. I thought it was 10. It was a 10 year, but they oh. didn't get. Oh wait. That's not better. I'm not good at math, but... I don't want to. I think she... And I think she potentially was married before him. And she said she wore her prom dress because it was the only thing that fit and that she had. So she was a young, young woman. I... Yeah, I need receipts keep, on that marriage. Yeah, keep yeah. talking. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm yeah. gonna do some recon. I'm gonna need that's you to do I'm some, gonna do some researching on that. But because that's yeah, scary. A little questionable. It's a little bit of questionable behavior. But regardless, I like her. I like her father's journey, and she seems to be like a good friend and very um, even keeled. So yeah, you find some information on. <laughs> we get sorry i'm looking Uh-oh. for a birthday tweet or a birthday something because i need to know but i do believe that they even if they did have a 10-year wedding vow renewal she, they were both married and she's 30 so that would have been at 20 so she would have been married at 18 and cheated with each other and she was working in his office yeah. she was like the copy 19 girl or, something. or something and <laughs> so yeah i i don't know I don't like it. Don't oh, wait. Okay. I'm seeing here. It says she's 34. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. She's 34. Sure. Four more Thank years. That's God. making it better. But they said 30 on the show. Maybe they were just used to being flippant. Yeah. They're being flippant. Okay. She's just young, yeah. but 34. Okay. okay. So that will put her 10 years ago at 24. So we're not getting we're we're not, better, not, but we're not, we're not, we're good. Not great. We're yeah. good. Not great. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank God that was just confirmed because yeah, I was starting to get like a creepy little feeling in my mind. I was like, Oh God, what the fuck are all yes, these? It's a 10 year anniversary. So 10 year wedding anniversary, but she was married before. So she was married at what? Like 1920, mm. uh, 21. Like okay. well, she was like Uber Mormon too. So yes, yes, yes. that 
I, I give like a little bit of a pass for it at getting married really young. Wait, have you been like following any of these like technically you're not supposed to call them gypsies anymore? They're like Romas. Um, oh yeah, I took an entire course <sighs> in college on the Roma. I mean, uh, culture and community. It's it's, it's wild that I found like this fantastic. Facebook f- family, and it's like the boy is like twenty two and the daughter's like thirteen, and they got married last year. Like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Oh, Sell your kid. Oh. All that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess we could just kind of tap a little bit into Meredith Marks and her husband, who are clearly going through a rough patch. She has one foot out the door, and that poor husband crying in her arms in that yeah. room is just go. hard to watch. And you can tell he wants to attempt to make it work, and she's just like, mm, no. <sighs> I guess we'll see where that goes, but I don't think it's anywhere good. Yeah, no, she's, yeah, no, Mm-mm. that's, who? <laughs> yeah, it's been about that, it, it feels a little, um, undone, like, it doesn't, it, it seems like he loves her, but he's not willing to sacrifice for her, no. and she's looking for him to sacrifice the way she had to sacrifice, so for him to be like, oh, well, I'd move for you, I don't think that's true, honey, because she's moved for you twice, and you're not moving for her. Like, that is the whole yeah. point. So you can't say you'd move for her because you didn't. You left. So yeah. <laughs> And you don't plan it, to ever come back. And like, I think it hurt Meredith. She's like, you're just going to leave? Like, you'd rather do long distance of a marriage? Really? And then you want me to pick up and leave when you've left because I miss you. Why don't you come home because you miss me? Like, my headquarters is here. My life is here. I have a business here. And this should matter to you. Not to mention, I mean, I know they can't necessarily address it. She's on TV now, honey. She yeah, now has automatically, now, now she has two businesses. You yeah. have one. Two beats one. She <laughs> stays. You go. I don't like it. But I also want to see her boyfriend because I know she got one. I can oh, feel it. I mean, I you, saw, so you heard her son say some phrase like, he was like, yeah, well, I watch my mom's coming and goings in the home. And I was like, Brooks knows that there is a boyfriend. She looks like she's abused by Brooks. That kid was so mean to her when he was like, um, your friend should meet her vagina. It's like, you did not see a vagina. You and the sister did not see vagina. I highly doubt that if your (sighs) sister is in college, that's the worst thing that she saw. Oh my god, I hate those kids are fucking annoying. I'm definitely not. I'm not Team Brooks. And isn't he like 20? Like, why are you so prudish? Calm down, sir. Also, what are you doing at home? Like, I I think he just like dropped out of school because he knew the mom was going to be on television. So he was like, yeah, he wanted to work on his brand. Brand, and I'm laughing because his. (sighs) workout gear athleisure wear has his name and stuff on it but we don't know you so yeah. i'm not gonna buy things like ask ed hardy how that worked and it's not <laughs> it's not even ed hardy's name but it's so niche like we don't know what to do with it anymore like yeah. label things are done like dior changes their label mark jacobs is changing like, everybody's it's the big girl ysl has dropped the y <laughs> wow just sl SL, just say the wrong. <laughs> like, come on, sir. We don't know you. And I'm not going to pay high prices because you put your name on it. No. I mean, he'll probably have that realization. He's like, um, being on the show is really going to make me into a couture designer. It's like, do you love no. Meredith? People love her. They find her gorgeous. I think she photographs well. I mean, I I like her. I don't, like, love her yet. I, I really don't like, I don't like her kids, so I'm always like, oh, you must be kind of an asshole. And also, like, you're dragging your husband on television. Like, you know you don't want to stay with him. 
and yeah. you are dragging this out for what? Like you're, it's not like you're bringing him on the show and you guys are going to like fake being happy the next season and be like, oh, we're getting divorced. Shocker. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Like she came on there to get divorced. Yeah. Like you knew exactly what you were doing when you were bringing him on and I don't know, like making him feel bad for coming. And then she's like, I need more space. And he's like, um, well, we don't even live apart. Like, okay, I guess we'll get more space in between us. So I just don't really like how she's treating that guy. And I don't know. I, 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 I'm not like putting her in my top ranks just yet, but so many people on Instagram are like, Meredith Marks, number three favorite housewife ever. I'm like, how do we know? I don't think she's given us that yet. If anything, I think Lisa Barlow is up there. I think her and Mary are the kind of like, delusional where they don't understand they say they know we're laughing at them but they think it's for what they are putting out but it's not it's simply for everything else when lisa told her man that she doesn't need to give him sexual favors to just get gifts i was cracking up and then she said she threw his rolex at the window and she was saying it keychily and she was like right and we're like no we no no mm -mm." Mm -mm. and she was like i like to throw birthdays because it's the only time i give my kids a hundred percent and i was like self-awareness is awesome love it for you that's great and then she's like i know during sundance my kids cannot reach me and she's so proud of it and they are they're cutting it like (laughs) it should be like she should be ashamed they're like have you talked to your mom no i haven't and let's try calling her we were ignored and she's like it's sundance people vita tequila (laughs) love her there's vita tequila and aloha tequila and ola tequila Mm -hmm. and um, all the tequilas and I'm like do you even drink it like she really also wants us to think that she's Mormon or get back into the Mormon church I don't think she's yeah. in it but I, I think she think wants she desperately back in or in yeah I, I think so too I don't get the vibe that she's like a practicing or I think or... it's not even practicing I think you have to be like recognized <laughs> I swear to god that's what I've heard that you have to be like, recognized by the church and she's not because apparently like her best friend influencer who everyone thought was going to be on the show and who was like I should have been on the show (laughs) was like it's crazy they don't have me on the show I'm like the only practice I'm the only real Mormon and I was like well that just called out everybody on there yeah right but like (laughs) I've noticed that Lisa does not drink on camera and I think that's a thing because she said when they were over in their ski retreat 45 minutes away, but staying overnight or whatever, they were like, she said that she'll have a water and maybe she'll escalate later. Basically meaning when the cameras were down. So I am looking at that a little sideways because I'm like, "Mm, okay, she wants that perfect marriage, but in that perfect life and all the perfect things about it. But I, I don't know something about that. I'm like, why do you her only flaw is that she works too hard. And I loved that. When she started fake crying, when she Ramona cried, so yeah. no real tears came out. And she was like, I just, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm getting so upset. <laughs> I, I work so hard and I just. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
I want so much for myself and I am so good at everything. And that is the reason that I am flawed is because I just want to work so hard. You're so perfect. It's and so just, hard. It's so hard for me to be perfect because I want me to be perfect. I want it. It's me putting the pressure on myself. It's no one else. And I just love it so much. And I'm like, okay. Okay, Lisa, girl. all right, Lisa. girl. Whatever She's funny though. I mean, her husband was just nodding his head like, uh huh. Oh my god, when she was like, uh, oh, okay. and then she told me the bartenders got so drunk, and it's like, I like when the editing happens where it like is trying to show like how long someone yes. is rambling about the same thing, and he's just yes. standing there and sitting and nodding, and he goes, "Do you want me to, to respond, respond or, or just, just listen? to listen?" And she was like, "Um, listen." <laughs> I'm like, this guy knows how to keep a woman around. He's like, yes, I'm not even he knows going to exactly what to do to make sure that he keeps the woman happy and mm-hmm. there's nothing to be worried about. He's going to always have a clean, perfect home oh, yeah. to think about. And also, again, I really want to get to the bottom of her accent and her yeah. voice. I hope there's no sideway thing happening or is she just yelling at everyone? Because her voice is like chronically hoarse and mine <laughs> used to be when I didn't know I had a, um, that I had a thyroid condition, but she's always lost her voice. But I think it might be also because she's constantly talking to someone and talking their ear off about how perfect she is. Yeah. And asking art kidding. gallery ladies, can I touch? <laughs> can oh, I touch? For what? I can't remember this. What? She went with Meredith to go pick out art last week and Meredith told her that they were separated and she was like, I'm going to cry. And she didn't cry. She Ramona cried again. She goes, and she smiles. She goes, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. I'm going to start crying. That makes me so sad. Oh my God. I didn't know. She's like, we're like really great friendly friends and I've helped her daughters and she's helped my kids and we are perfect together and I can't believe that they're separating and just what she's in a confessional but they were going to pick out like 3d art or whatever from Meredith's yeah, rental home taking my bathroom break oh my god she like, was y'all it's the funniest thing I've ever seen is they were getting 3d <laughs> art from Meredith's rental home allegedly but pretty sure it's a rental <laughs> and she was touching the art like the art <laughs> so literally the lady tried very hard on camera to keep a curtail her she was like, um, yeah, you, you could touch up here, like on the frame only on this corner. And then she goes, wow, you're my touching girl today. Because every single piece that oh they saw, God. she goes, can I touch? Can I touch? <laughs> no, rule number rule. one. <laughs> can I touch? Have you ever been to an art gallery in your life? You actually cannot touch. In no, fact, actively. we will bring it to you because you <laughs> yeah. can't touch it. So, like, we'll wrap it and have a sh- insured movers bring it to you. Like, what is, the girl is funny. Uh, I gotta love it. I, I need to rewatch that. Yeah, sometimes these shows, it's like, I don't know, sometimes Bravo can be, like, background noise. Sometimes yeah. where I'm like, I'm reading something else. Like, I can't. For it. most of them, for most shows, yes. For SLC, I've been getting better, like, staying, keeping my full attention, and then Potomac this week, absolutely. I was like, I can't do anything else. I had to turn off everything else. I had to watch it again. I was like, this is an insane television. That is a beautiful segue into our last section of the episode. So season five, season finale of the Real Housewives of Potomac happened this year. out of 10. Oh, yeah. They had the most real-time viewers at 1.3 million, um, which is a series high for this season, which I'm really proud of. And to put in context, so Atlanta's Mm -hmm. was, I think, like 1.42 million. Which is low for them. Yeah. 
I this think is insanely high for Patronage. It was I mean, really they used to high. straddle the nines yeah. last year. And to put it into even greater perspective, OC is now straddling those nines, honey. Okay, Patronage is over past them. And Goodbye. To, to do a little more context, so Salt Lake City, I was just on YouTube, not YouTube. Oh no, I didn't write this one down. Wikipedia has all of their ratings, which I love. I'm like, yes, please get every all of the analytics I look for. Well, in Salt Lakes was good. Salt Lakes was, was good. High. It was higher it was like than Dallas's. Yes, yes, it was, like se- it was like it was like seven hundred something, and Dallas to date, their highest episode was was Leanne's wedding at like seven hundred and fifty thousand. And she didn't like even that. serve food. No, exactly, and that's why it was so high because we were like, "What the hell?" She invited us to. There's a charcuterie. Um, exactly, and then every other episode is like the sixes after that. So yeah, we love that for SLC for their first season. This is really like doing well, and Andy has all but solidified there will be a second season. He tweeted, "Don't be worried." Yeah, and I said, I mean, great. I would not. No, I'll this, just right? be excited. <laughs> so Real Housewives of Potomac basically ends at the at Robin's Winter Wonderland themed holiday party. Her and Juan host this annual holiday party every year. <laughs> the special Christmas treat is that she gets proposed to at the end. So everybody kind of knows it. I love that he had her basically plan her own engagement party. I, that's what that's a so, man. He's so smart. Long. It's such a man thing to do, but it's also incredibly smart because she really thinks that they're like co-hosting yeah. and that they're having Kills their annual thing. So everything is perfect into the way she would want it because she planned it. <laughs> so it's all good. She's running around. Okay, let me go check on the bar. Let me do this, like being a hostess. And he's like, mm-hmm. And I just, he's such a man. Giselle asks him, when are you going to do it? I don't know. I'm going to wing it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> you have not given a minute answer. of thought. <laughs> you literally have nothing else to plan but that. Like literally yeah. Robin has planned everything else. Giselle has helped you pick out the ring. Everything else you have not had to do, but you still don't know when you're going to do that. Okay, sir. And I just loved Robin's face. Like I know I'm jumping around, but I loved Robin's face when he was, he came up after she announced. Uh, she was like, what the hell are you public. doing up here? He was like, hello, everyone. Thank you so much. Doing my hostess thing. Thank you for coming. Happy holidays. Okay, like me and Juan love you. And I'm speaking for the family. And we, we love you. And Juan's and like, we oh, are no. done. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, what are you doing? I literally just addressed the public for us. Yeah. What are you this is doing? a joint statement? I don't know what you're going to say. We didn't clear this in the car. So... Yeah. I need you to send the right, like the written proposal of your statement to me about 24 hours in advance. <laughs> what, not, what are you doing? This is going to be on camera. This is my camera. job. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm going to take the mic. She's like, er, excuse me. No. She's <laughs> like, not. get the death grip on the mic. You are not on the itinerary. I'll hold it while you minutes talk. <laughs> to the dance mix. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Two minutes. You cannot. And he's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to be like four seconds. And she's like, no, you cannot do that. And he's like, but I'm, it's, trust me, you'll like it. And she goes, I don't know if I will. And he's like, I'm going to marry you. And she goes, oh, shit, I like that. Yeah. She's so like, that's really great. Like, <laughs> I was kind of on the, I was in the middle of both Giselle and Wendy, where like Wendy and Candace well, freaking out for Robin. And they were like, OMG, we love this for you. And they were pulling Robin back up. It's like, girl, stand up, get the ring, then yeah. pass out. Right. Get the ring first. Make it official. Put it on and then pass up. Get up. And then Giselle's like, back up. This is her moment. She's on TV. Do it. <laughs> the camera needs to see her. <laughs> yes. And I, Karen, the shadiest line of Housewives history. Like, I know that's a bold statement, but she says, I'm glad Robin had this moment. She doesn't get a lot of moments. And I said, oh, no. It's like, yeah, you don't have to remind her. <laughs> Why would you 
I've been waiting five seasons for this moment. At the Karen will shade you at your engagement. The woman she is no The time and the place. It's just, and that was her. I do believe that was Karen being genuinely happy. So it's even more scary. Like yeah. what kind of psychotic shit? She goes, I am happy for Robin. And I think I'm glad her and Juan had this moment as if it was up to her. Yeah. I'm glad they had this moment. Robin doesn't get a lot of moments. And I'm like, she reads the blocks. She hears everyone say Robin's sleepy. She's like a Greek whore. She's never really around. She reads. She really does. And we see it even in the reunion preview that she basically tells Giselle, your fashion is bad, girl. <gasps> She's like, dress poorly at night, like thinking about your bad fashion. Because she knows we do. Like, I make memes about it all the time. So she knows we <laughs> think about it. So she's she's listening to us, and I'm with that. So shout out to Karen's interns that are keeping her shady and with it on the pods. Yeah, she definitely has, like, that Matt guy directly sending her memes, like, every yes. day. She's like, okay. It's really great. Her and house, her wig decorating. partner who oh actually owns the line, and it's his studio. And when it, Karen's simply the face. Like, <laughs> Which, like, is even, like, hilarious and delusional in itself as well. Like, it's kind of, yeah, like, another business where she's not really doing anything. Like, she's just kind of hijacking someone. We have licensed your name out, and we've probably paid you for it and underpaid. So you thought you were getting a check and you were a businesswoman, but it's literally being developed by actual professionals somewhere else. Like, you have nothing to do with this. You do not need to go all the way to cons or France at all to go in sniff perfume to make a perfume <laughs> line. You don't. There are plenty of perfume factory in America oh, yeah. that lit- if you were actually involved, you'd be sniffing it with them at the professional <laughs> table in the laboratory, in the development center, but no. So it's okay, Karen. But like, did you really think that her plane got, had issues? No, I think she knew oh. she was in deep shit. I kind of get that. I mean, I'm like, let's go back to the the flight records. Uh, we probably can, can find call? them. Yeah. Like, I just want to call. Like, I have a question about a flight. Um, this time last year, around December, probably New York. 17. Yeah. It was directly from HSN. 14. Oh, yeah. And it was supposed to land in um, DCA. <laughs> and I just want to know, I'm, I'm calling DCA. Are you, de- did you have any delayed flights just that night? <laughs> just wondering. It was uh, probably United Airlines. Did you, and was a Karen Huger scheduled to be on that flight? Did you call? Was she even there? Did she <laughs> check the it? Dom Fragrance owner, Eris. Yes. On did that you smell her before just, she came on? Just smell wondering. her before she arrived? Yes. It was the woman in the beautiful wig. Correct. Yes. I mean, yeah. there are great wigs, and she has they a personality to sell fragrances. How you sell fragrances on an infomercial, I don't know. I know. I was like, Sandra, what? That's my favorite. Musk. You can't oh my smell God. it. I don't know what it smells like, though. You want me to spend $80 on a perfume I can't smell? <laughs> make it so, make sense. Yeah, and I, I love think- that she was telling us on the HSN, put a little behind your knee. I am married 23 years. Be like me, honey. And all season long, we've watched her basically like fall out with her husband over the fact yeah. that she don't love her. But maybe she needs to put it on behind both knees? Yeah. And elbow elbows? Too? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Just a shoulder? I don't finding know. new places. Because yeah, maybe the knee has expired and we need yeah. an ankle. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know how much truth really was behind that. I also think she knew her walking out of her own party in an abrupt freak out when to all her date, friends are still dinner, there. A dinner, to a date dinner date. She scheduled on the night of her own premiere. All of that is just shady. And like, I love Karen. What? Don't get me wrong. Like, she is a queen housewife to me. 
but yeah, there was no dinner plans. This that was like didn't she say she had to go to KFC afterwards? Yeah. How do you have a dinner date but you go to KFC? Make that make sense. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love KFC, KFC, but sure. But it's not a dinner date location where you're both wearing like fancy outfits. Um, I just Mm. I don't think that tracks, and I think she knew that she was going to have to deal with. Candace talking about the Monique situation and the timing of it all mm-hmm. and her sending the text messages and then denying the phone call to Candace. Like as much as you want to be able to like cover your tracks, Karen, you still called her the day before. She's not making a phone call up where you talked about the time to come. Like, right. and it's not above, like it's not shocking that you would do that over the phone and not through text when you know. So it's not recorded. Yeah. yeah. So, also, I mean, I think that even if, whether or not it was actually going to happen, I strongly maintain that production was never going to allow them to actually interact because it's no, too much liability so. on their Definitely part not. and it's too much aiding in either person's case. And obviously the goal was to have it dropped. I really, if you think Monique won solely because Candace didn't have enough evidence and if you think Candace lost because of the blogs or whatever you're sorely mistaken bravo called a judge nbc called a judge and was like we won't be able to literally have this reunion if this isn't dropped by october so we need some help it will hand over the footage but it's not serious trust me we're not pressing charges everything's fine everyone was checked out it's good and they're just like okay then why are we here i don't understand and probably you don't need to be so they moved on and i think that karen but candace was really upset about the fact that karen isn't just picking, not picking a side, and she isn't just playing the fence, like trying to be friends to both women, which I think she was doing relatively well at. It was the tenor I thought of, she started well with it. I thought she started well, and I think it kind of got a little hazy because she kind of like lied on her friendship with Monique and said that she wasn't inviting her, when she should have just said, she's coming early. Like, I, she won't be involved with what's going on, but she is my friend, and I'm her friend, so I'm talking with her early. She's coming to set up and then she's leaving. You won't even have to worry about it. Don't lie. And then with Candace, I think Candace is upset that she's not, Candace thinks she's owed more support because what was done was just a little bit on a grander scale than what's previously Candace has done in the past. Because I think Karen's like, oh, I'm on both sides because, you know, they both done deplorable things to each other, to other people. But Karen's like, I'm not going to pick a side. But Candace feels you saw you're it's like you're saying that there's two sides to what happened that specific night in those five to eight minutes and that simply is not true and I think Karen Candace is kind of overarching it a little bit but I can understand the root of her argument not necessarily the argument but I understand the root of it which is Karen feels like there's two sides to this and Candace is like actually two sides there's not two sides to being hit and attacked like that's you saw what happened and that's when she gets upset because she's like it's one thing if you want to work with Monique still and be friends with her but it's another thing for you to say like you don't know and it's gonna all be revealed when you were sitting right there yeah I mean as much as like I don't really think I could ever take sides on like Candace Monique fight and, like, I absolutely cannot I think yeah, it's cannot. just impossible like there's just no such thing I'm seeing the velocity the of the table yeah i'm team charcuterie plate that was ruined god all that good food and wine and like random little pieces of fruit um you know it was a good charcuterie plate too but yeah i mean like at a certain point you really can't take sides and i did feel for candace because especially after finding out that ashley is going to then 
testify or write a statement for Monique when Candace wasn't even at the table. Like mm-hmm. I-, I could see that hurting her where she's like, so you're telling me nobody believes me that I was assaulted. Like, and that's hard to feel as if right. you aren't being heard, especially by people who you trust and who all were kind of like banding together with her in the beginning. And then slowly but surely Karen started going more towards Monique again and Ashley as well. And, and I could just, I could feel her pain because I understand like where she's coming from, but also she isn't innocent. You know, she instigated a lot of that and has consistently shown right. like, completely erratic behavior. So it's hard to kind of say like, oh, Candace, you're totally in the right, where it's like, no, last season, you threw a butter knife at someone. Yeah, it's not like, that we saw in that. the right about anything. It's just that Monique was in the wrong about this. And yeah. the two statements can be true at the same time. Yeah. Candace maybe didn't deserve to get her ass whooped, but it's mainly because Candace never was going to be able to fight back. Yeah. Like, she just doesn't, and that, that, I don't believe in unfair fights. Like, an unfair matchup kind of, you know, it makes me feel like, oh, well, then this isn't good to watch. Like, this doesn't feel fair because it does feel like she's just going to get her ass whooped. But then I also understand there's complexities behind Monique's eyes. There's a lot happening there that I think had so little to do with Candace. But I'm also on the side of, of Candace's therapist, who I thought was a real one and a good one, and trying to help her not figure out what she did to deserve getting hit, but what she did to deserve the aftermath, like to, to deserve everything else or what part she had and instead of deserved, what part did she play in the, uh, someone having the audacity to think that they could hit you and it would be justified. Like yeah. you don't deserve it. That's true. What happened is not good. It was unfair. It was not right. It caught you off guard and it made you obviously very scared and traumatized. And that deserves to be respected and validated. Your feelings are validated. You were in an unsafe situation. And I do think that all the women around touching Monique and stuff only exacerbated it. Cause I don't think Monique knew whose hands were what. Um, yeah. and, and that means something, but the therapist was like, well, what could you do that makes your once friend think that she could put her hands on you? Not in that moment, just in general. What would make her think that you are just so, uh, unless she was literally some random person and they just came out out of nowhere and hit you. If you went from dialogue to physical altercation, but you were also once friends, there's gotta be, bridge the gap. He was trying to be like, bridge the gap. And she was genuinely just saying, out of nowhere she hit me Mm -hmm. we were there we were standing and I was just minding my business and she just hit me and the therapist is like bullshit things happen things happen but not like that not between friends so what could happen let's let's focus on how we can better ourselves not so we don't get hit in the future but simply so our friends don't feel either betrayed by us or hurt by us or that they could actually destroy us like we don't put ourselves in a position of being a victim how do we move on and survive this and become better people and I think you raise a good point Megan like people kind of slowly backing off from taking her side it's got to be troublesome, but the problem is she doesn't have any self-awareness and responsibility because she's yeah. not thinking about the fact that why is everyone not taking my side or why aren't people believing me enough and why am I not working that out with my therapist? She thinks she's deserving of this blanket support simply because of what Monique did was trash. And it's really like the ladies are like, no, well, Monique did was trash, but you are trash. So we can't support you. <laughs> we just don't support that. And that's, she's upset by that. Yeah. So Karen's like, I don't support what she did. And Candace is like, so then why don't you support me? She goes, because I don't support what she did, but I don't necessarily agree with you. Like you yeah. as an individual, Ashley's like, you as an individual, Candace, have caused havoc in life, in my life. 
Yeah. I don't like what Monique did, but I think that you need to, you're not the greatest either. <laughs> Just saying. But Monique snaps, but you are mean. <laughs> like, it's more than shade and, and jokes and even a fun banter. She calls for, like, the jugular when we weren't even, t- like, nobody was, it was unprompted. Ashley giving birth is a thousand percent unprompted. Like it's just unprompted. She wasn't yeah. even, you weren't Twitter arguing and anything. And her comments about the roach and the bed winch and the concubine. I'm like, do you know? Also saying like, I can't believe Ashley wasn't crying at Monique's party. We're talking about her miscarriage. It's like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, oh, Michael was giving crocodile tears. Michael might be a piece of shit, but he also has the capacity to cry over the loss of their unborn child. Yeah, like, maybe that's not upset. crazy. That's not crazy. You have no idea what there is. And, 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 and Ashley raised, always raised a good point. Monique invited her to speak. So why are yeah. you getting mad at Ashley for doing what she said to do? Because well, she wasn't holding a microphone. It's not about you. It's literally a rainbow party. You were there to support miscarrying women. Then and, and she was trying to announce the the frequency that this happens and take a lot of the stigma and the sting out of it and talk about that experience and everything like that and Ashley can speak to that so she can speak to that it happens to a lot of women and that it's nothing to be ashamed of and that you will have the baby and you know you the families come in different forms like she was there to speak to that you aren't you were simply a guest so shut up and calm down like and I'm also like do you know who you're married to like to me Candace and Michael are almost like they're very similar which is so crazy because in the fight between the two bald white men I was on team Chris but I'm not on team Candace yeah I would agree with that but like I I even like how okay well we can kind of like segue into the fight section so basically um, Michael Darby then goes up to Chris drunk so mm. michael was so triggered that juan was getting married mm. like when mm. ashley was like you can't drink hard liquor and the then he jealousy. was like okay and then the moment he was like oh my god he did it and he goes did like, she say yes did yeah, you think did- that he was jealous because he has a crush on juan or did you think that he was like i want to go out and part me and juan do bad things together i've heard this is like a glasses off conversation yeah literally uh, i've heard both i've heard arguments for both very well there's a theory that he is jealous because he's like no one not that they were doing anything nefarious but he and one like He's like, oh, we have a great connection, but he like they go out and crush on Juan. together. I think. I think that is possible. I think both. Honestly, I think both can be true. I think that. I think that what Robin heard is accurate. Last season, I would suck yeah. Juan's dick. I think that she, when he, she heard that, I believe her. Robin has no reason to lie to me. So. And generally, women aren't like, "Oh, that man says he wants to suck my husband's dick." Like that's something yeah. you remember even in your drunkest of moments. Right, and then I think that Juan is. Michael remembers a friendship that he has with Juan that Juan does not remember. And I just kept seeing, and he's like dapping him up, like sending him off to war. He's like, yeah. uh, you're just my buddy and I'm really here for you. And you know, I'm your guy. And Juan's like, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, I got you, baby. Like, you know, you're my friend. Yeah. Come, like he's, Juan is such a good guy in this sense of like, he's, he's validating guy. <laughs> this man's feelings so he doesn't cry in the middle of the show and like embarrass himself. He's like, yeah, okay, let me dap you up. Come, yeah, we're friends. I promise. There's like like one scene where like the guys are like talking about their outfits and someone was like, oh, Eddie, I really like your suit. And then Juan, like Michael looks at Juan. He's like, Juan always (laughs) dresses really well too. Like he has great style. (laughs) It's like, bro, like this is so embarrassing. And then like after when they're doing the shot, I think Ryan Bailey had like the clip of it on his Instagram. Oh my God. You just see Michael's (laughs) face like, (laughs) 
like he's so heartbroken and like oh my god to be in the clique so so bad and that's exactly why he hates chris because he's like how does chris who doesn't even have as much money as me and isn't even like as accomplished as me and i'm a better like man's man i'll keep all the men's secrets because i'm a shitty husband (laughs) and they like chris and they don't like me it's simply age proximity and like relatability you think juan wants to be friends with the rich man one literally has had famous <laughs> money problems and him and chris have like a lot of things in common and things like that but like sir oh calm down and he yeah you're right he goes up to chris and he's like whispering in his ear you need to control your wife and i'm like you are going up to a man about a fight that your wife didn't even have anything to do with like i, know, I don't the even one why time ashley's not getting yelled at like just push like get away get out of it and i think he just had like this pent up anger that he was trying to find a place to put it on yes. top of and he's he like resents chris the is cheap. Out of this show. chris is poor he's a quote from a redneck low-life family he's unsuccessful at a shit restaurant like he was just trying to feel Excuse good me? about himself in any way possible Sir, what did oz not close are yeah. <laughs> not also a bald white man who has this failed a restaurant him. i'm so confused he's like Chris, whatever his name, he's so mad at this man because Chris is a version of himself. Yeah. He has a young, hot wife. He is bald and white. He is the cool white guy, though. Like, he's not just, like, Michael thinks that he's a cool guy because he married, like, the young, hot black girl. And he thinks that makes him diverse and cool and, like, in it. But Chris did too and somehow chris gets like more of the respect and he doesn't understand why but i'll tell you why it's because we don't see chris actively cheating on his wife on camera no. yeah on Not cameras of other people's phones all day on the blogs every week every when, season every season literally every single time we see him you, he's not going on fox and friends on <laughs> fox dc and discussing how his wife's employer had to basically sue him because he assaulted them sexually can you not like chris we only ever see on team candace he's supporting his wife he chris to me is like the ultimate house husband because he is not involved in the women's business but he's involved in his wife's business if that makes sense like he'll restrict her he'll keep her from going to jail he'll tell her you need to shut up calm down stop He'll straddle her, put the knife down. Like, he will take care of her, but he's not yelling at the women. Like, he's not involved, even if it's in front of him, in his home. He's like, this is not my fight. I'm not about to fight women. But, like, my wife, calm down. I need to protect her. I'm going to lock her in the back room while she This is a good man. When she was about to throw away her own case, when yelling at Ashley about Monique and jeopardizing her own evidence, Chris was like, you need to shut up. This is an open case. Be quiet stop yeah. now i was like he's a good husband he keeps her accountable he made sure she didn't get fired for throwing butter knives like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like she, he's a good husband and he pushed michael who was just like you need to control your wife and michael and this has nothing to do with you and he's like he pushed me and i think michael resents the hell out of this show he's like well who's gonna sue him who's gonna sue him for pushing me that guy hit me and actually like, who hit you because well he pushed me he's like so which is it Two very different things. It wasn't and even. Then, it was like a, a, a get tap. off of me. Like, it, it was, was like, yeah, like just why are back you away in my ear, me. whispering that I have to control my wife? Why don't you go anywhere else? <laughs> control yourself, sir. And then obviously yeah. the women start fighting Ashley and Candace, and oh she's God. like, oh, so you talk about things just happen, which Ashley did raise a good point, and that was if your whole argument, Candace and Chris, respectively, but Candace 
if your whole argument that like no matter what words say it shouldn't drive someone to hurt me or touch you it's very clear that a human response sometimes cannot always be accounted for and sometimes people do get pushed to a limit and they do things that they may not ever think they could do but they do it like i don't know if chris has ever fought anyone but he knew in that moment this little gremlin needed to back the hell off of him (laughs) and pushed him rightfully away from him and he was like you need to get away from me before this gets bad and i mean that's a human response and he did not and I mean, he and Chris, the contrast here. He apologized to the show and himself. He was like, "I'm sorry. I know that wasn't right, but like, uh, when it's about my wife, it's I'm gonna go up for when it's my wife. I'm sorry." And then instead, Michael is not apologizing to his wife. He's embarrassing his wife further by basically threatening her entire job. Uh, goes into the back room of production and screaming at everybody. What is that? Like. That was so outrageous when he goes into that back room and everybody's standing there looking at him like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? He made Ashley think- take her mic off so that he could act yeah. a fool. I'm telling you. He does this. And I hate that he keeps telling her to do that. Like he called yeah. when they were having their dinner when she found out that he cheated. He oh, was yeah. like telling production, did you get enough? Like, can we stop now? Like, you don't get to tell her employer what to do. Yeah. And you don't get to do this for her. You're really trying to ruin this for her actively. And I don't like it. Because you I mean, want her to go back and her away. Game relying on you. It's just, he's such a little dirtbag. And the fact that the day after this happened, they go to the Bahamas and make a second child together is so horrible. And you just feel so bad for Ashley, where you think, like, you think you deserve this? Like, you think that this is the best you can do? And I think, I, I don't know what she's thinking. I, maybe she just wants her kids to have the same father. because she I think she's trying to have- rectify what happened with her, her dad. She has said before that, you know, there's a little bit of her that thinks that, you know, she can see a resemblance and maybe she does see Michael, not necessarily as a father figure, but because he could represent that for her, his approval means a lot to her because she never got that and that acceptance from her own dad. So she wants to make her marriage work for that specific reason. Also, her mom and her dad couldn't work out and I think that she's like I know what impact that had on me yeah and I think she's afraid that if she leaves him that he won't be active in his kids lives or something and like that he currently isn't exactly in the other kids she, lives. yeah because his version of being active in his in his kids lives now with Ashley's son is to basically over sexualize his own son and say like he has a big penis big dick like that, daddy it's like oh and that they, they'll go out and like careen for women together when he what he's 18 and you're like 100 what are you yeah. talking about oh like he's disgusting but, and then that's like the sad thing where then he's like talking with like ashley's mother and uncle lump and he's like you know i've been going through a lot like i've had a really tough time like your wife went through postpartum depression like she's struggling like she has things she's the one who gets cheated on but oh you needed to cheat oh you needed to feel good about yourself for an evening which yeah, like what is with these men and their like I like one, but the same thing he said at the therapist's office, which I enjoyed seeing the therapy in this episode. I felt like we were talking therapy. to real therapists. Yeah. Thank goodness. Monique's therapist was real and I appreciated that. Juan and Robin's therapist was real and they were like basically getting premarital counseling and Robin doesn't even know it. And I'm happy that Juan was open to going, but he was like, Oh yeah, she had the babies and I just felt neglected and I need to go and have romance and sex and relationship. I'm like, Yeah, another woman can give you that because she's not taking care of your kids. Your yeah. wife is. That's exactly why she could give you that. Two, three months, 
maybe you should just let like be there with your wife like go whack it off in the basement or something calm down change the diaper on your phone and call a night the more you help your wife the sooner she'll return to you and be able to tend to you because she's probably not able to because she's doing it all herself i'm just saying no, men don't see don't it understand. like that. They're like, but no one's paying attention to me. No How one's paying attention to me. are you jealous of your child? I don't understand that. It so makes many no men sense. Get that because way. you want sex, which is the reason that she has this kid, by the way. Maybe if you could control yourself and calm down a little bit, you wouldn't have the baby unless yeah. you wanted the baby. In which case, the baby's the blessing. And she's like, well, we had sex and made love and made this baby. So I'm going to take care of the baby, which is our labor of love. Also, like, like, they had two babies within a year and a half. Like, that is quick. You can't even bounce back from Mm -hmm. your first pregnancy or focus on your baby because you're like, oh, fuck, I'm pregnant again. And they were young. And Robin thinks that she really has finally had it all. Like, she, her family took him in and all these things. And I don't know. I'm very glad that their love story came around full circle. We, like, never see that in Housewives. I can't think about who would be the first, but I'm pretty sure this might be the first time we've ever seen it. I mean, Nene and Greg got, like, back together, but I just think that was, like, a convenient thing. Nene wanted to Okay, yeah. But we also met Juan and Robin divorced. Oh, yeah. And we watched Uh, them nurture their relationship literally back to help. Like You only see the opposite on Bravo. Yeah, you see people getting divorced. They fell back in love on the show. Huh. <laughs> and I hate Michael for alleging them that Juan is doing bad things behind Robin's back. He's just trying to, he's just trying to like get people off his back and think like, oh, maybe Juan's a jerk off too. Still, it's like oh, he cheated once and made a mistake. Do we need Michael? I mean, if if it comes down to Ashley can only come back if Michael comes back because if it's full time, they have to film at home. Is it worth it, or do we just leave her? I think we probably have to leave her because at this point, every single season, he is like at the center of like drama, the rumors, and it's just getting too much. Like every season, it's getting more and more heightened. And it's like, if I do he's, think your he's part, dangerous and a liability. Yeah. So unless we can't like put him under control, which I don't know how you control a 60 something year old white man in America. Like, yeah, no, there's no good luck. Like, good <laughs> luck. Wait, what? With money. How dare you even think? that they will bend to you and your will, especially his wife, okay? So unless we could figure out a way to do that, though, he's like a detriment to production. Like, he's threatening them and yelling at them in this finale, last year in the finale. Sexual harasses them. Like, production is not safe around him, and we need to protect production. They're doing the Lord's work. If Monique and Candace can't be in the same room, how could Michael be in the same room as any of the main cast members on this show? Right. Like, it doesn't make any sense. He didn't ask for any of this. Like, they legitimately did not sign on to do this. They stumbled into this shit show. But they didn't sign on to be, you know, harassed and, you know, talked down to and all of these things. The the other women did. They knew what they were signing up for. But Michael is also not a housewife. He reminds me of Peter so much. It's he so bad. He wants to be involved so badly. Literally. Like Nene said, like, you a little bitch. You in housewife shit. Like, you're literally in female shit. Stop it. And I'm not one to gender role your involvement. However, I didn't sign on for the housewives and Michael. First of all, I'd pick a cuter one. A cuter oh. man to be on the cast. If we're going to have a man on the cast. Most definitely. Not opposed to it, but that's not what I signed on for. And that's not what he is to me. Not when his wife is actually good at her job. Like, you're ruining really this for her. her and I think you're doing it on purpose. Yeah, I, I like that theory where he's just trying to make her rely on him again. And that's, like, another reason. Yeah, I have a second kid. He's like, go. Oh, if I have a second kid, you really are never going to leave me. You're never going to leave me. 
She's Actually, like, blink twice, right. girl. Just blink right. twice. And I'll, she is drunk I'm going I'm I'm to I'm I'm save you. I will pull up to Alexandria, <laughs> Virginia, and I will be like, Ashley, get in the car. Come on. Make oh, a run the for kids. it. <laughs> like, oh, my God. The worst human. <sighs> Well, on that note, thank you so much for coming on the show. We have talked for so long. I'm never surprised at how long we could get no. about Bravo for. Yep. <laughs> it's just our nature. <laughs> so where can people find you, follow you, and listen to your amazing podcast and Patreon? Yeah, you can listen to me anywhere you listen to uh, Bravo Happy Hour right after. You can go on over to Mixing with Moni and also patreon.com slash Mixing with Moni where I recap the Bravo Hot Topics of the Week. I do Housewives of Orange County Season 4, the beginning years of Gretchen. I recap that <laughs> once a month. So covering weekly The Bachelorette because I believe that you can actually have the best of both trash television worlds. And I cover <laughs> Tasha's journey on The Bachelorette on Patreon as well. Her. And then, of course, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. But thank you for coming on. Have a great rest of your weekend and we'll chat soon. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.